Welcome to the Fun Astrology Podcast. It's Saturday, March the 11th. Thomas Miller, thanks for joining us. We're going to dive right in here. The newsletter from MMACycles.com and Ray Merriman is fairly short, and I'm going to have some commentary afterwards because I think this may be one of the most important current event podcasts we've ever done. So let's stay with our format here, and we'll read this MMA Cycles newsletter. Ray does not specifically address, even from an astrological perspective, this failure of the bank yesterday, the Silicon Valley Bank. So we'll elaborate on that and its very many large repercussions after we finish the newsletter. Quoting a couple of articles that were relevant to the week, first of all from Fox Business, an article entitled, Fed Chair Powell says interest rates are likely to be higher than previously expected. The latest economic data have come in stronger than expected, which suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be higher than previously anticipated, Powell said in remarks prepared for delivery before the Senate Banking Committee. If the totality of the data were to indicate that faster tightening is warranted, then we would be prepared to increase the pace of rate hikes. End quote. And then this, yesterday from CNBC, Silicon Valley Bank is shut down by regulators and biggest bank failure since global financial crisis, of course referring to the period of 2007, 8, and 9. Financial regulators have closed Silicon Valley Bank and taken control of its deposits. Federal Deposit Insurance Corp. announced Friday in what is the largest U.S. bank failure since the global financial crisis more than a decade ago. The collapse of the bank, a key player in the tech and venture capital community, remember that when we come back and talk later, leaves companies and wealthy individuals largely unsure of what will happen to their money. End quote. Raise comments. The U.S. stock market did not take kindly to Powell's comments that the economy is still too strong and thus interest rates need to remain high and maybe go higher. He also acknowledged in a testy exchange with Senator Elizabeth Warren that this policy might lead to a recession. And then on Friday, Silicon Valley Bank was shut down by banking regulators. On these news events, U.S. equity markets plummeled dashing bullish hopes after exhibiting rather strong bullish triggers on the previous week's close. Welcome to the season of Pisces. Not only is the sun in Pisces, but this was the week that Saturn entered Pisces on Tuesday, March 7th, where hopes and dreams can suddenly clash with harsh realities. This is when optimism and euphoria can quickly give way to uncertainty, hysteria, and even panic. However, forthcoming geocosmic signatures suggest that any panic at this time may be short-lived. Repercussions from the hawkish Fed were felt around the world as many global indices fell hard by the end of the week. I'm going to forego listing all the markets out, but will mention that gold and silver were weak early in the week, but both rallied sharply on Friday. Gold finding support at 1810 to 1815 the last two weeks with the secondary low on March 8th. By Friday, it was above 1870. Silver bottomed on March 8th, too, at 1995, and Friday it was up to 2087, with a case of intermarket bullish divergence to gold. 
Bitcoin and Ethereum got slammed last week, but Bitcoin is acting in accordance with our outlook given in the recent annual webinar, which is available to view and purchase on MMACycles.com. Short-term geocosmics. This is from The Insider. Quote from Marianne Williamson in the official launch of her 2025 presidential campaign to run as a Democrat against President Joe Biden. She said, This country is drowning in information and starving for understanding. And this from the Wall Street Journal. Peggy Noonan, Ron DeSantis is definitely running. She says the Florida governor is definitely running. Every sign is there. Donors, a growing and increasingly professional organization, a book that is part platform, part memoir, debuted this week at number one on the New York Times list. The focus on wokeness. He wants to own the issue in the Republican field and, as the year gets deeper, move on from there. End quote. We now begin one of the more important geocosmic time bands of the year. On March 12th, Jupiter conjoins Chiron, an aspect we have not studied very much, but their planetary cycle has a range of 13 to 19 years. With both planets in Aries, this may have themes related to war threats. This theme is further supported by the transit of Mars, the ruler of Aries, on March 14th to 16th, which forms a square aspect to both the Sun and Neptune in Pisces. Another factor that makes this theme stand out is that the Sun-Neptune square to Mars also touches both the USA's Mars-Neptune square as well as Iran's Mars-Neptune square, making a grand square between these two nations with next week's cosmic collision. This is a time when world leaders need to hold their tongues and think in terms of global cooperation and avoid a me-first and me-only narrative. With Neptune involved, passive-aggressive behavior is possible, and beneath that may be a decision to deceive and misdirect. It would be ill-advised to try and trick others at this time. In terms of financial markets, these signatures have a strong correspondence to reversals in Bitcoin and crude oil within six trading days. March 16th also finds Venus square to Pluto, a combination that is often present when the national world debt is in focus and a source of disagreement. Biden's budget proposal released this week is probably DOA, dead on arrival, as an example. The week ends with Jupiter making its third and final semi-square with Saturn. This will officially end the whole Saturn-Uranus chaos of the past two years. But there are challenges looming ahead, with Saturn entering Pisces for the next three years and Pluto about to enter Aquarius for most of the next 20 years. It's as if we have to go through minefields first before reaching the promised land of freedom and equal opportunities without the threats of war issued by leaders not connected to this world and the possibility of what could be accomplished with cooperation and humanity. Yet, a renaissance is also possible under the planetary themes of this decade, as outlined in the past webinar previously mentioned, the financial webinar available on the website. Now longer-term thoughts. Gan from CNBC. 
The article is entitled, Congressman Wants to Make 32-Hour Workweek U.S. Law to Increase the Happiness of Humankind. Quoting, The four-day workweek is as buzzy as ever. Representative Mark Takio, who represents California's 39th District, has reintroduced his 32-hour workweek act to Congress, which, if passed, would officially reduce the standard definition of the workweek from 40 hours to 32 hours by amending the Fair Labor Standards Act. His proposal would mandate overtime pay for any work done after 32 hours, which would encourage businesses to either pay workers more for longer hours or shorten their week and hire more people, end quote. Let's put this under the category of, I told you so, or rather the possibilities related to Saturn ingressing into Pisces, as written in the Forecast 2023 book and audiobook. <laughs> Here we have the pursuit of pleasure and relaxation, Pisces, being formalized within the context of new laws, Saturn, ambition, Saturn, to rule the world, or succeed and rise to the top at all costs, will play a back seat to the new drive to chill out, relax, and enjoy life to the fullest. Less work and stress, more play, happiness, and quality time with others. The only problem is that the outcome may not be exactly what one thinks. It doesn't solve personal problems and people don't necessarily transcend stress by working less. In fact, it may cause more stress if they end up making less. It is doubtful that companies can afford to pay 25% more per hour in order to keep employees at the same weekly pay rate. Instead of hiring more employees, companies may have to cut back on their payrolls as most small businesses find payroll to be their biggest expense. Additionally, many people will just find additional part-time work to make up for the additional income they will ultimately need. Stopping ambition to have more material things, like money, is like fighting inflation. It's going to take a generation or two to reprogram people to prioritize different values, like happiness over success and relaxation over accomplishment. Nevertheless, company executives and employees will be working out some kind of balance here during the next three years, Saturn in Pisces, which is apt to transform the nature of the workforce as we know it today. And it may eventually augur a new era of less stress and more kindness and compassion if and when they do, for, after all, that's what Pisces really wants, and Saturn is determined to figure out how to manifest this collective wish. The key is Saturn, or discipline, to make the decision, the plan, and then to stay with it. Saturn in Pisces is, at its best, spiritual discipline and reaping the rewards of those commitments to practice. In other words, if one can take one of those extra eight hours per week and do something mentally, physically, and spiritually healthy for oneself, like meditating, exercising, creative activity, and actually caring for oneself, it can work out beautifully. But that requires effort and discipline, Saturn, and not laziness, and not just dropping out and turning into a couch potato, which are Neptune proclivities. And that's the end of the newsletter for this week. 
Now let's talk about this bank failure and then we'll look at the U.S. Sibley chart, put the solar arcs and the transits together with it and come up with some kind of analysis of what you might think is going to happen. So first of all, this Silicon Valley bank was not the first one. On March 9th, Silvergate, which is a crypto and FTX-related bank, also in California, shut down. So already we have one big theme going here, don't we? Tech banks. Now here are a couple of things I found out about Silicon Bank. First of all, it had over $200 billion in assets. It's a lot of money, folks. And obviously was tied in more broadly than Silvergate to the tech sector, many areas of tech. And this is where this thing just gets monumental, because one thing I learned was that they position themselves as the place where, let's say you have a small tech company or a biotech company, and you get venture capital money, which is usually millions of dollars. This bank positioned themselves as the place to deposit that VC money, that venture capital money. Hey, you just got $5 million to help expand your technology business. Great. Put your money with us. It's safe here at Silicon Valley Bank. And that had been true, I guess. So what happened, what caused this, is that word started to get out among the venture capital firms that these tech companies were hurting, as indicated by all these layoffs that we've been seeing in tech. And that then these especially more fragile, newer businesses were under additional pressure to pay their loans back to the bank. So the VCs got word about defaults. So they started to tell their clients who they had given money to, if you put it in Silicon Valley Bank, go get it out now. Well, that put a run on the bank. That put a run on the cash that they keep on hand for normal daily operations. Now, what do banks do with your money when you bring it in there or send it in there electronically? They obviously, A, invest it. They loan it out for all kinds of loans. And B, they buy bonds. That's the short-term float that they use to manage the short- and mid-term cash flow. Well, as interest rates go up, the price or the value of bonds goes down. It's an inverted relationship, price to interest. So as Jerome Powell has been over here trying to assassinate the economy, the value of those investments, those bond investments, has tanked. So it's almost like you took a dollar into the bank, they did their thing with it, they peeled off 20 or 30 percent of it and maybe made car loans or whatever, and then they put another 30 or 40%, 50% in bonds now that are worth, say, half of what they originally purchased. That dollar that you and everybody else brought in is now worth significantly less. So when they tried to keep up with all those withdrawals, the value wasn't there. The feds realized this problem and stepped in to take the bank over. And here's the rub. Okay, they will guarantee deposits up to, what's the amount? You should know, $250,000. Look, when you're a tech company and you just got $10 million in venture capital money and you're letting it sit there so that you can draw on it as you're building your business, 
And now it's, you can go get 250000 Or let's say that you're a tech hedge fund manager and you got a $20 million bonus last year. This stuff happens. It is very normal. And Silicon Valley Bank was your bank. Now you can go get 250000 in cash on Monday if you can get through the line. You know what they get for the rest of the money? Let's say they had $20 million, they go get 250000 out. What about the rest of it? Well, you get certificates for future dividends of a defaulted bank and other promissory notes of a defaulted bank. You see how serious this is? These are high-flying tech companies and the venture capital firms that invested in them. Where are they going to get the money to make their payroll? This was the 18th biggest bank in America. All right, so where are we with the astrology? Well, Ray mentioned what I took a look at and saw a few things. So let's start with the United States Sibley chart from 1776. If you want the date on that to put in your own system, July 4th, 1776 at 5.10 p.m., Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's the one Robert Glasscock uses. It's not actually the chart that Ray Merriman uses, but I've just gotten used to it and I'm going to stick with it because that is a Saturn rising chart putting Pluto, which was in retrograde back then, in our second house of money. And as you know, three times last year in 2022, transiting Pluto in the sky today moved over that Pluto, the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, and the end of the year. We didn't know what the Pluto return might portend, but could it be coming more into clear picture? Now, Ray mentioned this, but I was looking at this with the first cup of coffee earlier this morning and observed the sun this week will conjoin Neptune in Pisces, which is in a sextile to that Pluto, and then also Mars in Gemini. These are transiting planets now. They're transiting Sun and Neptune are in a sextile to that Pluto. And then the Aries planets that he mentioned, which right now are Venus moving through pretty quickly. It's in its last decan. Chiron and Jupiter, both at the same degree now today. The exact conjunction is tomorrow, as he said. That is in a sign-based square to that Pluto. By degree, it would be too wide. Nobody would consider it. But I'm just going back and saying, look, they are at least in an Aries-Capricorn sign-based square. Let's at least broaden our horizon out as we're looking at this crisis, basically, to consider that they are in a sign-based square. The other big thing in the United States chart involves a solar arc aspect that is going to be happening next year when Saturn crosses over, conjoins natal Mars in Gemini. That's solar arc Saturn is about a degree and a half away from natal Mars. And right on top of that, just this week, past transiting Mars, all in Gemini. That, too, is in a square to Neptune in Pisces. I know this is getting a little heady, but it's getting it's in a square to Neptune in Pisces and it's in a sextile to those planets in Aries. Now, I did a TikTok video on Tuesday when Saturn moved into Aries and when that happened, the moment that happened in my chart, that was in the 11th house in equal sign, 12th house in whole sign. And I just mentioned there that we could be looking at something that collectively 
11th house, could involve endings and completions, and even a death motif. Well, I've heard of so much of that. Two listeners had job issues. Stevie McGuire doing our hypnotherapy past life regression sessions. Her dog died, and then she had another situation in her family. And by the way, if you've reached out to Stevie, she said, just give her a few more days. She needs to square some things up at home and then get recentered, and then she'll be back with you. She kind of had to put a number of things on hold here and just take care of some domestic stuff. And then a good friend of mine died a couple of days later. I mean, it's just like this domino, and now this big bank failure. And one of the things I mentioned in that video was was Saturn in Pisces. And you go back and look historically at the last couple of times it happened. Be sure your sins will find you out. And that's one of the themes of this. And I think that we're going to be experiencing that a lot more. Saturn can be brutal. Saturn can destroy. I mean, it can take you under, like the bank. Oh, it still is around. It will open its doors on Monday under new ownership of the federal government. But now the books will be opened. So be sure your sins will find you out. Now we'll know. So the focus here is still what transformational work does Pluto have left up its sleeve? And will it be second house money type transformation? I mean, let okay, let's face it. Jerome Powell has testified to Congress that he has in queue a central bank digital currency system. And I think there have been a lot of things that were allowed to exist. I'm not going to say too much on this, in order to condition the population to accept new things. So it's not very difficult to see how this could turn into a financial crisis, and then the white horse salvation will be this digital currency. If you want to see where that <laughs> this is going, look at what's happening in Nigeria. They tried to implement it. The population adopted it like to the tune of 4% or some really low number. So they came back around and they said, okay, if you're not going to adopt it voluntarily, then we're only going to let you withdraw $44 per day from your bank account of cash. Now, how does that digital money sound in that light? It's a forced play. I mean, what did we just go through that was a forced play? See, we'll either force you or you can choose this really bad option. Well, I'll tell you, there is a lot in this chart that is worth considering, but those are the key hotspots. Pluto in the second house, just coming off of that year of Pluto return. Sextile to Neptune in Pisces with the sun crossing over that this week. Square to Jupiter sitting on top of Chiron. And then that Neptune in a square over to Mars and Saturn and Mars, transiting Mars in the seventh house, and that is sextile. And then that is sextile to the Jupiter Aries planets. Then what's left? <laughs> like a couple left, right? Well, it is concentrated energy and it is all aspected together. So we will have to see how it plays out. But I'm starting to think that this money thing is going to be a domino trip. And a lot of that is going to be based on what Saturn has in mind of what it wants to accomplish in Pisces. And boy, it has come in hot. Now, one other thing is, in light of this, as we roll out of here, is if you're not a regular participant on our Sunday night level up, I would love for you to join us. I'm going to change the focus of it, 
And we're going to focus now on manifesting and really getting our feet solidly on the ground for the week ahead. We're going to do meditations and intentions of who we want to be and what we want to accomplish over the next seven days until we get together the following Sunday. So I think it's really going to be powerful, and I'm seeing it coming from us being prepared to be A, okay, not fearing these changes, and B, who we're going to be as this unfolds. So come join us. It's 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday night. It's on YouTube on the Fun Astrology podcast channel, and it's also in our Facebook group, Subconscious Mind Mastery and Fun Astrology podcast listeners in Facebook. Hope to see you there. Thank you so much for listening to all of this. I think we need to be aware. Things are changing. Have a great day. Good weekend. See you back on Monday.